Welcome to the USA Hockey Magazine podcast with your host, editor of USA Hockey Magazine, Harry Thompson. Welcome to another USA Hockey Magazine podcast. Today we're at the National Sports Center in Blaine, Minnesota, where the U.S. women's team is holding its residency camp in preparation for the 2022 Olympic Winter Games, which start in less than two months. We're fortunate enough today to be joined by U.S. head coach Joel Johnson, who has just finished a great practice with the women's team as they prepare for the next leg of the MyY Tour, which stops in St. Louis and in St. Paul, Minnesota. Joel, thanks for taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having us. Uh, you know, it's been a, a fun journey so far, and <laughs> we're, we're so excited to be back after, you know, a great Thanksgiving break. Uh, players and staff had a nice time to to relax and, and rejuvenate, and now we're back and ready to get after it. So it was great seeing everybody on the ice today and, and feels uh, feels like our, our group's in a great spot. That's terrific. Well, Joel, you have a, obviously a long and illustrious history of coaching U.S. teams, working player development camps, being involved in the organization on so many levels. Now you're the head coach of an Olympic team, and how does it feel to be a part of such an esteemed group as people like Jack Riley, Lou Vero, Herb Brooks, Ben Smith, what what does it feel like? Yeah, you know, when I think of those names, uh, it, it's a little bit intimidating. Uh, what I do is just say what an honor it is to, to be able to come to the rink every day and, and have the appreciation, respect, and responsibility to try to do my best to help our team prepare for the next Olympics. Um, if I try to compare myself to past groups or if we tell our team to compare their, themselves to past groups of success men or women, uh, I think we're, we're losing uh, a little bit of, uh, of, of important mindfulness. And so for me, um, I just focus on trying to be better every day and trying to make our team better every day. That's that's awesome. So has it, has it sank in? I mean, that, you know, it's like, holy heck, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the Olympic coach. Or, or do you think there will be that moment when it maybe it really does hit you? You know, I think I, I actually run into occasions where it sinks in in uh, meaningful ways. And I don't really share that with anybody else, but there are moments when I'll drive to the rink and, and say, wow, this is a pretty unique opportunity. And uh, and I've shared that with our players, um, maybe not that directly, but I've, I've shared with them the need to be appreciative and <clears throat> to treat what is a special opportunity as as uh, such a special opportunity. And so that's what I'm hoping uh, I can continue to see it as, and, uh, and I hope our players do as well. Absolutely. Well, you're in the thick of the preparations for the upcoming Olympics. Uh, how satisfied are you with the, the team's progress at this point in the, in the journey? I, yeah, I, I've shared with our team after our last uh, few games, I think we're right on schedule. What most people don't know is uh, in the middle of our second uh, period in our mission when we were losing game one in Kingston um, I said the same message I said we're right on schedule but we do need to win hockey games here at some point and we were able to come back and win that game and then we won the, the next game in Ottawa and that had nothing to do with my comments but I'll tell you what um, I believed what I said when I said it we're right where we want to be um, we're confident we're figuring things out we're sorting out positions and fitting all the puzzle pieces together and so I can't be more excited. Absolutely. Well yeah, so 
a couple of tough losses in Allentown and, and in Hartford, and then you followed it up. I mean, I, watching the games in Canada, I thought the team really looked really looked good. So you must be pretty pretty excited about heading into now. We now we go we, we go back here to the states. We got St. Louis, and we've got what promises to be a great crowd in St. Paul. Yeah, I think like I said, we're you know I, I challenged them to say, hey, we're on schedule, um, and I don't want to use that term in some sort of big organizational leadership uh, context, but but our, our coaching staff and our, our whole staff, you know, has said, hey, here's here's our goals, here's our objectives. We, we know that there, there's going to be no medal handed out in October, November. Um, there is going to be in February, so we want to put ourselves in the right position. Now, there's some consequences and some evaluation and some opportunity that we have to pay attention to. But we're building uh, some foundations, some some cornerstones, and then brick by brick, if you will, um, as we move towards the Olympics. And so I just can't say enough about our players and staff. I think we're right where we're supposed to be. Um, it's tough because there's so many good players uh, that we have on our team and that we play against that uh, it makes it a challenge every day to, to make sure I'm at my best and, and challenging our players to be at their best. Well, speaking about playing against a, a quite a quite a worthy opponent, I mean, anybody who's ever seen a U.S. Canada game knows that you know if you're a hockey a fan of the game, if you're a fan of hockey, you want to see more and more of it. But but what what's the challenges with playing Canada so much in in a in a situation like this? Are there any so-called secrets between you guys, or uh, that you maybe that you're not seeing? now that you'll you'll see in in february you know i think my approach in my history with usa hockey is not to focus on any opponent um, including canada my approach has always been to focus on our team and that's worked so far and i think uh i think the the challenge is when you start to focus on one opponent you forget that there's a lot of good teams um in 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 the Olympics and the international ice hockey competition. So when you start to worry too much about beating one opponent, you forget that there's a need to just be focused on being the very best that we can be as a team. And so that's going to be our approach. It, it's been my approach uh, going back a, a number of years. And uh, so I, I don't honestly stay up at night worrying about Canada. I stay up worrying about our team um, because I really believe that, that when we're at our best, I'm proud of that and I'll live with the results. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, in addition to being the head coach of the U.S. Women's Olympic team, you also are the head coach of St. Thomas Women's team, which is in its first year as a Division One program. Where do you find the time to maintain the level of excellence that you bring to both programs? Yeah, you know, I give uh, complete credit to the, the coaching staffs that are a part of both programs. You know, uh, with the U.S. national team, you know, with, with Courtney Kennedy and Brian Pothier and Steve Thompson, Nick Walters, and, and so many other people behind the scenes, and then with St. Thomas, with Bethany Browson and Marty Serdich and Allie Borgstrom, like those are the people that make my job driving back and forth between two rinks fairly insignificant. And uh, you know, to be honest with you, I'm leaving in a few minutes to drive down to to coach a game that uh, that I'm not going to say much in. I'm just going to observe and watch and enjoy being a part of the coaching staff for St. Thomas. Now that we're done with practice with the U.S. team. Um, I'll drive down there and, and, and have a blast. Uh, but that's only because of the trust factor that I have, um, not only for me to them, but I think from, from those people to me that, that we're all on the same page, we're all striving for the same goals, 
And so it's certainly an unbelievable time for St. Thomas, uh, transitioning from Division Three to Division One. The players are having a blast. Uh, I was sharing with our with a, a group earlier that I love going to the rink every day. Uh, in the morning, I go to Blaine. I love going to the rink with the U.S. national team. And in the afternoon and the evening, I love going to the rink at St. Thomas because uh, of of different reasons. But man, the players love the game, and when players love the game for the right reasons, it's a, it's an awful lot of fun to be around. Absolutely. Well, you talk about you love going to the rink. You must because, in addition to all of that, you also have a daughter who is playing at uh, at Bethel. And and how often do you, with given your schedule, how often do you get a chance to go watch her play? Well, it's funny you bring that up because I'm I'm just got done coaching a practice here and I'm going to head down to a game for us at St. Thomas and, and then I'm going to come back and try to watch my daughter here. So I'll start the day in Blaine at around 6.30 in the morning and finish the day at around 10 o'clock when, when her game is done. So, you know, I've got such a great support system at home and I couldn't do it without not, not only my kids but my wife um, who not only supports me, she understands it, uh, she gets it, she's a college athlete, a coach, uh, she... she uh, <laughs> She just is a complete um, complement to my style of, of not only coaching, but just living and, and parenting and, and being together as a, as a cohesive group, uh, as a family. So um, I can't do it without her. And, and uh, when I think about watching my daughter, I just get a smile on my face because uh, I know she's going to be there and I'm going to come here and I'm going to stand in the corner so nobody recognizes me and, <laughs> you know, stay out of the way because I just want to watch. And I, I, love the, I love the opportunity just to be a parent and just to sit in the corner and watch and enjoy it and have a smile on my face uh, without having to actually talk about hockey to anybody. <laughs> that's, oh, that's, that's beautiful. Well, getting back to this team, it, it's such a nice mix of veteran players and talented newcomers. How have you been able to utilize the veteran leadership and the quality of people who are in those positions to create this winning culture that, that this team has? You know, I, you go as your leaders go. That's a common phrase in coaching, and, and I think it's true for this for this group. I think what's unique about each uh, Olympic team is there's always a mix of old and young, and and I think as I look at our group, the, the, the willingness of the veteran players to embrace and take on and mentor and guide and sometimes hold accountable and sometimes buy clothes for or sometimes say, hey, don't do this or do do this. Um, that, that's what makes a team special. But overall, what I love about our team is we've got a group of veterans who live in a way that our younger players don't have to ask many questions. They just watch and learn. And so they, there's not a lot of need for correction or here's our culture, here's what we do. Um, our younger players just need to watch and they see how it's done with excellence with our older players. And uh, then as a coaching staff, we can just sit off on, on the sideline and, and actually just talk about X's and O's because our, our team is handling the culture. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. I just have two more quick questions for you. Um, this team still needs to make a few more cut downs uh, to, to, reach the, to reach the roster limit for, for Beijing. You have so much experience as a head coach, and roster cuts are just a part of the job. But there's something, is there something particularly tough about these final couple of cuts, given how hard these women have worked and the amount of time that you've spent with each of them individually? Yeah, that's a, it's a great comment and question. Um, there's no question that I know most of these players better than anybody else, maybe, you know, as a coach, certainly, in a long time. 
um, because of the nature of my past positions, whether it's a U18 coach, U22, or a national team coach. And so the familiarity I have and the relationships I have with, with everybody and their families um, make, makes me want to root for everybody. Um, and there is every, every single person that we've invited to our residency program is deserving of being an Olympian. There's no question about that. You can say that about any federation, USA, Canada, you know, Russia, Switzerland, China, Finland, whatever. Um, so yeah, it's tough. It's, a, it's, it's not a, a decision that I take lightly. It's a decision that our staff spends hours and upon hours of trying to figure out um, what do we think is the best puzzle piece to put in in that last spot, or the last two spots, or the last three spots, or four. Um, and we don't know if we're right, to be candid with you. Uh, you win a medal, uh, it's the right color. Mm -hmm. You look like you're, you made the right decision. Um, and if you don't, people can argue you made the wrong decision. What I want to do is lay my head down on the pillow at night and say, I, I think we were doing the right thing with the right purpose, with the right intention, and trying to make the best decision we can to make our team um, the best we can and give our uh, give our team the best chance to win a gold medal. And that comes from on the ice and it comes from off the ice. And I think that's our focus. That's been my charge personally to myself. And I think that's our staff. That's their uh, belief is to try to, to make decisions along those lines. Absolutely. And then just finally, I mean, obviously we're living in, in crazy times and, and when it comes to the Olympics and especially these Olympics, I mean, it's you almost have to expect the unexpected, but whether it comes to the logistics, the travel, all the things that are going to go on. But as a head coach, how do you how do you keep your team at even keeled and not get too, you know, don't sweat the small stuff, as they always like mm -hmm. to say. How do you how do you plan on approaching that once you once you land in China and, and, and just know that it's going to be a different situation on a lot of different fronts. Yeah, I think that that work is done now. And so we've been very intentional about keeping our lineups different and keeping our approach different and, and putting our players. I give a lot of credit to Katie Million and John Van Beesbrook and uh, Nick Bryant, others who have been kind of leading our charge, not necessarily on the ice, but from an administrative level, um, to, to create some environments that are unpredictable. and. And so whether it's different lineups on the ice or different power play units or different situations, we want to make sure that everybody's not rattled. Um, I said we can be unsettled, but we can't be rattled. Mm -hmm. So when difficult things happen, when, when things don't go our way, we can respond well, but we can't get rattled by it. And so I think that's going to be the key for every team in the Olympics. Every sport, every, every, every piece of it is, is your ability to kind of handle the adversity and or the uncertainty. Um, and to me, that's the definition of being rattled is when uncertainty and adversity combine and you get rattled. And the, the teams that are able to handle that the best, I think, are going to prove to be the most successful. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that even even goes true to for the, the sports writers who will be be over yeah. there. We don't we don't know what's what's gonna be happening and yeah. how we're gonna get there and all that kind of stuff. Well Joel Johnson, thank you so much for the time. I know it's been a busy it's a busy day, it's a busy time for you, and so I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. All right, and thanks everybody for listening to another USA Hockey Magazine podcast. This has been the USA Hockey Magazine Podcast.